Hey, it's Tim here. Thanks so much for coming over to check out my new podcast, The Big Mouth. Before we get into today's episode, got a big favor to ask you. It's going to mean the world to me if you leave a star rating, you comment on the episode or share it with your friends. It'll help me out and help get The Big Mouth out there. Hope you enjoy today's episode. Today, I'm introducing you to Akana. The crazy running girl who right now is undertaking a Guinness World Record run all the way from the top of mainland Australia to the bottom, from Cape York to Melbourne. She's literally waking up to a run, a marathon, 42 kilometres every morning, attempting to do this 150 times. Jesus, talk about someone who is oozing motivation and inspiration. It does sound like a whole lot of blisters and chafage, but it's all for an epic cause to raise funds for Australian native wildlife, which sadly is at risk of extinction now more than ever. Akana's called in for a pit stop on this epic marathon to chat about the importance of saving our wildlife and to spread some of her good vibes and some epic stories from her marathon travels. If you feel like a misfit in a world full of pretenders, then I want to be your friend. Join me each week on the journey of not giving a fuck So stop trying to fit in and stand out. You don't need to be perfect, you just need to get real. This is The Big Mouth with Tim Dormer. Subscribe now for free to make sure you don't miss out on an episode. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, Akana. Welcome to the Big Mouth. Hello. Good morning from Claremont, somewhere west. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, where in the world are you? (laughs) Yeah, it changes every day. Um, And yeah, today we're here in a little spot called Claremont. It's about 200 kilometers west of Mackay. It's hot. It's about uh, 34 degrees today. So I found a little rec room to to curl up in to have a chat. Wow. So like you've literally just finished your morning marathon. This is something that you do every morning. Have you had a shower yet? Have you caught your breath? <laughs> I've had a, I've had a feed, which is sometimes more important than a shower because uh, yeah. I can spiral pretty quickly into an emotional wreck if I haven't eaten something big immediately after. But yes, yeah, don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> to a new level. <laughs> oh man, we'll get into that, but it's it's big. And yeah, I've had a, I had a, I've had a shower and I've sat down. So yeah, I'm feeling good actually. Oh, amazing. Okay. So I want to talk about running where this crazy idea came from, because most people who start a run like five kilometers is a bit of a milestone like that for me. I don't think I've really beaten 5k regularly. 10k, you're sort of getting professional. 
But a bloody marathon, that's 42 kilometres, that's like a lifetime achievement for someone and you're doing it every single day. What inspired this craziness? <laughs> I, I still think it's a lifetime achievement. I mean, that definitely hasn't faded and every single day I'm out here, I'm like, oh, man, this is I respect the distance every single day and every single day it kicks my butt. So that hasn't changed. Um, no, I've just been, it's always been a dream of mine when I was a little girl and I, you know, when I wasn't being an astronaut or dreaming of being in my pop band, this was the other goal, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so I kind of, as we all do, the the singing didn't get any better. Um, I didn't do, uh, you know, physics at school. So those dreams dropped away as did this one. And I, yeah, I went down my normal role. I was, a, I was playing soccer back in the day. I got a corporate yeah. job. I followed all of those normal trajectories of life. Uh, but I have always been an athlete. Um, when I dropped soccer at 23, which I played at a pretty competitive level, I, di- I did get into athletics um, yep. and and started with the shorter distances, the the one k's, the three k's, the five k's, and built my way up. Yeah, until I became a pretty good marathoner, um, particularly on the Australian domestic scene, and gave it a big crack. I'm an all in kind of person, a bit like you, Tim. Uh, yeah, if wanna, cool. <laughs> if I want to do something, I'm all in, and so yeah, I I, I, I dived all into this this marathon dream but back then it wasn't to run from the top of the country to the bottom it was to get an olympic qualifier and that was yeah the vision then. i hear that you came really close to the last two olympics what what happened and how did that feel to get so close to that dream and then it didn't work out yeah and i mean this isn't a story just for me this is so many athletes that have this dream yeah. i mean they only pick three three people and it's definitely a story of of failure that i've just used to, to, to turn into a success story. And yeah, I mean, I, I was, I went all in and um, for those that aren't in that space or don't understand how it works, you have to get a time. So yep. you've got, you get selected on time, not specifically a race. So okay. yeah, I, fl- I flew to, I flew to Berlin, uh, fittest yep. I've ever been and got on the start line and, and um, yeah, I was running with the best in the world, you know, all the world records that are in Berlin and 37 kilometers in, got this injury in my hip and it absolutely, you know, completely derailed. You know, you get those like absolute shooting pains and you can't go any right. further. Yep. So I had to stop, um, devastated, you know, um, you've flown all the way there, you've put in effort and effort. Years uh, of training, yeah. Years, years of training. Oh. Um, so yeah, you know, you go through that emotional roller coaster but you're not unfit you know you just you get you've still got the passion and the drive so from there I went to Brighton in the UK uh and again was doing really well and was on track for the for a time I was going for and also just that last seven k's was directly into a headwind and it just slowed the whole field down everyone had to battle this 7k headwind and missed the time then and then thought oh shit I got this so I rallied jumped on a plane to Japan and uh, that was March of 2020, and we all have a shit March of 2020 story. And as the plane, oh, yeah. <laughs> the tarmac, the freaking race was called off. Oh. So then you're like, what do you do? So then I had all this motivation. I'm pretty, pretty stubborn when you get to know me when it comes to goals. I thought, <laughs> all right, well, I can't do this. The world's shut down. What can yeah. I do? That and then I and then I thought back to this, you know, dream that I'd had actually while I was in hotel quarantine, you know, in Brisbane, just sitting there in, in my own little cage for two weeks and thought, all right, well, let's just put everything into this. And I thought I'd use my fitness and drive for for my passion, which is the environment. Amazing. You're attempting a world record achievement. Is is the world record 
149 marathons or or why didn't you pick something that was a little bit easier to achieve like from your couch watching I don't know reruns on TV or something for the most amount of time <laughs> do, you know, do you know how many times I think of that because if you can if you see some of the Guinness World Records you're like oh, a chick got it last week for doing the most amount of hula hoop rotations on her bum I'm like man I could have oh. gone for that one yeah. <laughs> but, but no, the Guinness World Record sitting at 106. So to get 107, I'll break it. Uh, but the way we just planned out the, the route and the places in Australia that I wanted to see, um, it ended up being 150. So that's what I'm yeah. going to go for. Oh, you are a high achiever. I love it. Why not <laughs> kick the goal out of the park? I mean, you must have made some pretty big sacrifices because when did you start running and when will you finish? Like that's a few months of no work, no home. Mm -hmm. What have you had to give up for this? I've given up literally everything. And I think that's the thing that most people, I don't really talk about that often is, you know, I quit my job. Um, I had to end the lease in my, my favorite place in Melbourne, in Brunswick. Um, I, yeah, I'm not going to see friends or family unless the, you know, there's some legends that are going to come and run with me. But yeah, I've literally given up everything. And I started August 20 um, and we're not planning to get back to Melbourne until about mid-January. So it'd be a, a solid stint of time. Well, let's talk about the reason why you're doing this. Wildlife. You just said it was one of your passions. I guess for everybody We all remember a couple of years ago, pre-COVID, if we can remember life before that, but that was that awful summer of 2020 where the country was battling bushfires. It was worldwide news that not only did people lose their homes and and awfully some people lost their lives, but the toll on our native wildlife was just horrific and it was all front of mind, wasn't it, that this was going to have devastating effects. But two years on, do people need a reminder of the impact? Like how real is the threat now that our Aussie species are on the endangered list and we could lose some of the most well-known ones. We could lose the koala. The koala's on the endangered list and people don't realise that. The koala was one of the main affected animals with those 2020 fires and I think COVID was shit for a million reasons but in Australia Mm. alone one of the impacts on the environment is that it came so soon after those bushfires and it was too much noise. We lost the the impact yeah. of the bushfires wasn't yep. wasn't heard. And I mean, we did rally and we raised so much money for the right reasons, but it just faded so quickly. And the thing that's concerning about Australia that most people don't know is since for two hundred years, essentially since um, you know since you know we've we've moved in and and industrialization has happened, it's we haven't got any better. Our rate of extinctions have stayed the same over the last 200 years, um, yeah. and we are now world leaders in biodiversity loss. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely not That's a record. That's not a record that you want to hold. <laughs> Australia? <laughs> no. Exactly. Oh. And, and we have almost 500 animals on the endangered list. I mean, these are just facts, and sometimes facts don't sink, but it's just something that once the animal's extinct, once the koala's extinct, it's not, you can't, in some Jurassic Park, we can't, can't bring them back. You know, mm, mm. it's crazy. I actually just this weekend, I had the most amazing weekend visiting a mate that lives up on the central coast of New South Wales, beautiful spot in this little valley by the coast. And every afternoon, all these wildlife fly in, all these birds. It's actually the Aboriginal name, Gundi. It means the resting place. And all these birds fly in. And we were sitting at the back watching these cockatoos and galahs and lorikeets fly in. And I thought to myself, hey, like, have you ever seen a gang gang lately? 
and I grew up in the Blue Mountains bush. Uh-huh. And I remember as a kid, they would visit our backyard quite a lot. And for people listening, like some of my friends there was like, what's a gang gang? I'm like, what? How do you not know what a gang gang is? It's like it's sort of like a smallish, medium-sized cockatoo, grey, with the males have this beautiful red mm. head and crest. And they sound and like a creaky gate. Yes, they have a very distinct <laughs> creaky sound. And I remember maybe teenage years, we sort of stopped seeing them in the Blue Mountains or in my backyard. It was quite rare. And now I can't remember the last time that I saw a gang gang, which was quite commonplace as a kid. And so in my own lifetime of 30 years, I've seen a, a species that was common in my childhood. Now I, I don't remember the last time I saw one and they are threatened. It's it's just really sad that this has all been happening in our lifetime. I mm-hmm. think when people yeah. think extinction, they think dinosaurs and it was just so it, it's not part of our world. But these these species have been slowly, well, not slowly, quickly, that just sort of slipping away and it's it's really sad. It's so sad. And, and, and even just where I'm running. So I'm running through Queensland, New South Wales, Canberra and Victoria. And as, as you know, we, each of our states and territories has a representative animal up here in Queensland. Yeah. It's the koala, it's the gangang cockatoo. Um, wow, down yeah. South, it's the lead-beater's possum in Victoria, and it's the, it's the, I think it's the platypus as well. Anyway, in every, yep. um, in every state and territory, and Western Australia, it's the numbat. They're all endangered. All these key, you know, and it's like, well, this, if, if our representative animals are endangered, yeah. we're clearly not doing enough. Of course. So. Wake up, people. Yeah. And it's also, I always love this about the conversation around extinction. Like we, we have these sort of iconic charismatic animals like the koala, which we all love. But why should someone care about maybe an ugly creature, like maybe an insect that's on the threatened species list or, or like a, a native rat? Like, why do they matter just as much as the big iconic creatures that, that we need to save? Well, do you know what? I have probably been swooped. I'm <laughs> no joke. Yeah. Twice per run the last two months straight by magpies. Like they come out of the blue and they are vicious. I'm like, guys, don't you know I'm out here running? Like for you, yeah, for you know, you. I'm, I'm, I'm a little spokesperson, you know, I'm friendly. <laughs> Yet no, they don't, they don't give a shit. They're like, they're going to bombard me to the cows come home. And, you know, all of these animals, they have their place. I mean, the cassowary and if, for example, mm. let's take an ugly animal that well, I shouldn't give Let's say ugly. The spectacled, yeah. the spectacled flying fox. It's a bat up in a rat. Yes. But if and most people are like, oh, I don't, I don't, really, I don't really care. But they um, smell. They're noisy. They're, they're so noisy. Don't want them to shunny. poop on my washing line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if they become extinct, they're the ones that drop all the the seeds right across the rainforest. Yeah. They're they're the planting animal of. of of the next generation of rainforest. So we need these seed dispersers, otherwise the entire homeostasis of the environment is out. So they don't yeah. all have their place, even if some of them can get a little bit annoying every now and then. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't that it, though, that we need to realise that these animals dropping off, maybe we can value each one of how much they affect our lives, um, but the nature of an ecosystem is that, is that everything is inter- interlinked. And that very well soon we are going to feel the consequences of disrupting the whole system. And potentially that's already happening before our eyes. Like this link between environmental collapse and climate change and and the the catastrophic weather events that were happening 
is because we've disrupted the system. And you might not think that one species matters so much, but it really does, doesn't it? Like, oh, absolutely. I mean, if we're not planting seeds naturally, trees aren't growing. If trees aren't growing, you know, we don't have homes for future uh, species. But also when, you know, the deforestation has flow-on effects with climate change, as we know, more carbon, less carbon taken out of the atmosphere and so on and so forth. So it's definitely a really, um, it's a big issue that's currently not being given a voice. And it comes, it's, it's, it, I mean, we are, we are very much... Um, talking about climate change at the moment. I know with mm. what Sydney's had, what more wet days than history at mm. the moment. So mm. it's just, I find it unfortunate that it's going to have to take a catastrophic weather event yeah. where it's almost too late, like the bushfires yeah. in 2020, yeah. to then actually action it. Yeah, we're living in a world that's constantly removed from nature, whether it's on our screens and our phone or um, at building our cities that have no green spaces. And it's really sad that people think that we can live separate to nature. I This weekend that I had was just unbelievable up in, in the bushland. We went for a walk and just all the wildflowers that are out at the moment, it must be amazing conditions with all the rain, but there was just hundreds of different flowers and smells and we were just, I decided to leave my phone in the car. We're actually walking mm. to this amazing swimming hole that I've seen all over Instagram on the central coast of the infinity pools. And I thought, uh oh, this is going to be the next native, beautiful wild space that's ruined by Instagram. So I thought, I'm not going to take photos. I'll leave my phone in the car. And this walk with my friends, we, we happened upon a, a, an echidna mm -hmm. and we just stood there transfixed for about five minutes, having this little interaction where it was a bit wary of us. And we thought, oh, it can see us. But then we worked out, okay, no, it's probably got bad eyesight. It could actually smell us and it would sort of react and then get a bit more confident. And I just walked out of that bushland feeling so full and grateful and a sense of like belonging. Like it just, I don't know, I didn't feel separate from nature. It was all just interacting with this amazing it's not a resource, I guess, is the wrong word to use because that's how we've always seen nature as something that we can either use or it's not useful. But it, for your sense of well-being, get mm. out there, put your phone down, and then yeah. we'll care about it, I guess. But it, it gives back, doesn't it? It gives back. I think mental health um, is, is definitely a, a big factor into why I go outside. I mean, sometimes you have to disconnect to reconnect, right? So, I mean... yes. Usually I won't run with a phone. I try not to around home. Out here I, I tend to for, you know, it's four hours, so I will jump on a podcast or I will, you know, for yep. safety. But, um, no, I do love just, you know, leaving that phone at home and getting out and just listening to noises you otherwise wouldn't hear. And it's when mm. I get all my thinking done, my thoughts just seem clearer. And, you know, that's yep. another thing that I am super passionate about is, is, is making sure we have enough wild places for everybody's mental health. I mean, there shouldn't be any limitations to accessing the outdoors and the more yeah. wild places we have, the more people can go and immerse themselves in them. And, you know, we can, we can all access this like incredible mental health resource for sure. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Let's link back to your run and talk <laughs> about your partner charity, the Wilderness Society. So tell us what they're about, what some of the things they're doing to help our native wildlife. Yeah. So the Wilderness Society has been my partner charity since we started. That's what we're raising money for. So I plan to attempt to raise $62,000 to go towards wow. any extinction. And that's $10 per we're actually almost halfway, which is cool because um, I'm not quite halfway. Congratulations. To... Oh, oh, that's a good you. yeah trajectory. You're going to meet your goals. 
Well, I hope so. I hope to even blow the goal out of the park, you know, that overachieving yeah. attitude I have. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But, um, yeah, so they're doing great things. They're campaigning our politicians. They are, you know, educating as many people as possible just so we can, yeah, just share the story and make it, um, make everyone as aware as possible as what's going on. Uh, they've been really fun. They've been a great resource for me. That's how I often get all my knowledge. Um, what they're doing is they're linking me up with, the, the specific animal in the region I'm running through that is ex endangered and just you yep. know, allowing me to, I guess, understand that specific animal a bit more to share a story. So, yeah, it's been, it's been fun and they're a beautiful organisation. Everyone there is, is you know, their, their heart's in the right place. Amazing. Worthy cause. We'll give all the links at the end of the chat. But you, you're stopping in on the run to a lot of um, kids and schools to sort of educate and inspire. Do you find the kids... Uh, uh, a bit more optimistic than maybe our generation that are now sort of the ones in power making the decisions that might change things. I, I just, I hope that the kids are the ones that are like, we can do this because sometimes if I'm honest, I do get a bit lost in, in all the doom and gloom and think, oh, what's the point? It's, it's too far gone. But you're, you're out there meeting the kids on the ground and, and how does what you're doing inspire them? Uh, the school visits have hands down been my favourite. And you get different outcomes from primary to secondary school, obviously. I mean, one of my favourite yeah. questions to ask the primary school kids is, you know, who knows how far a marathon is? <laughs> and one kid will yeah. put his hand in the air and he's like, pick me. And you go, you're at you. And it'll go three metres. Yeah. you're like, oh, yes, <laughs> almost, not quite. And then this other kid will have his hand in the air. He's like, pick me. And then he'll be like, a thousand kilometres. I'm like, no, it's kind of halfway between the two. Um, and But yeah, they are. They're, they're beautiful. And to be honest with you, they actually are schooling me as much as I'm schooling them, like sharing stories. They know so much about their community, the wildlife in their area. Um, one of the key things I'm doing out here is educating uh, school-aged children and on, on, on safety, I guess, from a venomous creature's point of view. Because I'm out oh, here. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm out here for four hours through the bush on my own. You know, you've yeah. got to understand interactions with snakes and, and anything Have else. Have you got could... some cool stories? I bet the kids oh. love it. Like any dangerous uh, encounters? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got a few. So one's not even related to the run. I was in Fruit Bat Falls, who yeah. those that don't know is up in the Cape. And a, a snake, literally there's all these people in the, in the waterfall just yep. hanging out, went straight through the middle of it, just swimming, just straight through, right past this um, this this lady. But luckily, nothing bad happened. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Did they all clear um, out of the water real quick? Yeah. I've never seen 30 people <laughs> leave a pool of water faster in my oh. life. Oh, no. And then what about on the, do you see, like, come across on the runs? Because I guess when you're sort of in the car on the road, like, animals would be, I guess, wary of the noise. But if you're just running, like, mm. on your on foot, you might sort of come across and Yeah, I've what do seen you see? in, in Cairns, I saw, no joke, I reckon 10 death adders on one run. <gasps> so many. I ended up running in the middle wow. of the road just because they'd be on yeah. the side of the road. And I'd never seen one before. So, oh. Half cool, half cool. Be careful. Yes. <laughs> I've, I've actually helped some very large pythons off the road. I mean, I don't want them to get hit, so I'm just, you know. But the thing is, and I've done this with <laughs> lizards as well. They think yeah. that they're camouflage when they like they drop down and they freeze. 
I'm yes. like, no, yeah. get off the road, dude. Get off the road. So I'm yeah. like, can I just shuffle this huge snake off the road? Is that a hide? I'm like, oh. So I've had some fun encounters with all the wildlife. Um, snakes are one I'm definitely mindful of, you know, because I'm often somewhere where there's no no like first aid around me except for what I'm yeah. So, yeah, right. I've seen everything. Oh, the, the kids would be loving those stories, I bet. <laughs> they do. But they are. They're yeah. going back to your original question. They're very optimistic. They don't, they understand, I guess, the issue because unlike you and I who grew up with the, you know, a, a gazillion animals around us, they, they mm. don't have the same interactions with these animals. Mm. So when they do see an echidna, they're like, this is awesome. It's an echidna. How rare. And so yeah. it's like, it is. They're very determined. You just want them to hold on to that hope, you know, you want them to keep it. And run yeah. It. <laughs> you were saying um, you, you're often running quite remote. Do you have a support team? Like what are you doing for food and where do you sleep at night? Is is there a car following you or what would mm. happen in a disaster if you did get bitten by a death adder out the middle of nowhere? Oh, man, sometimes I wouldn't know. I do have a support crew. I've got um, uh, my partner is a filmmaker. Um, and he's out here capturing as much as he can uh, for a film when we finish. So I have. Oh, amazing. Um, it's great. And you know what? Shout out to everyone who has ever supported anyone else's mission because I've never leaned on some like a group of people like I have out here. They do a mountain of work between packing up our off-road camper trailer, which we which yep. we just pull up and pop out, to cooking every meal, to, you know, organizing things, to dealing with my emotional roller coaster afternoons where all I want to do is cry and sleep. Yeah. Um to yeah, literally everything you can think of. Um so at the moment it's just the two of us. We've had four. We had four people from the tip of Australia to was it Townsville, I think, because mm-hmm. that it's quite remote. So if anything went went wrong with the vehicles, um, I'm no mechanic, so um, <laughs> I wouldn't know. I don't even know how to change a tire, so I would have been in trouble. Um, and yeah, we've got some more people joining us shortly. So it's a rotating uh, roster of um, of yeah, legends. Of legends. I love it. What were you saying? You in the afternoons, you're an emotional wreck. Is that <laughs> is that part of like a, achieving putting your body through such a physically stressful situation or what what's that I, about i think so i think i'm just you know when you're really tired and you've had a massive week and everything starts to feel too hard mm. um, i get i feel like i get like that for a half an hour window of every day like where i'm just okay. so tired that you know if, if if a lid doesn't open off a, off a snack or i can't get into my muesli bar <laughs> or like or no joke i drop yeah. something and it breaks it's enough or, yeah, yeah, make you cry and just fall on the ground in a fetal position. Yeah. yeah. And that's when everybody just <laughs> I've been there. Yeah, we've all, we've all been there, yeah. right? It's like exacerbated yeah. and it's just on another level. And the worst thing about this is, I've, I mean, I love what I'm doing. I'm not changing it for the world, but I've got this four-hour window every morning and my thoughts are clear because I've just woken up. And I come up with this, I'm just saving the world out there in my own mind for and then you've got this great to-do list that you want to action you get back to camp and you're like you lose all motivation to do anything for the rest of the day (laughs) so what do you do what what when you have those moments how do you remind yourself of the goals and and waking up the next day to do it all over again yeah i it's a great question i um i guess i do what what we all do and i like yeah reach to my support crew for a little bit of emotional support i'm mm. getting an amazing amount of messages through socials from friends and people who have jumped on the journey um i think to the money that i've currently raised and the fact that you know this this goal is 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 
within my reach if I just get up and go. Um, I just have to do it. I just have to grind it out. Yeah. And knowing that I would just, I couldn't, I would feel terrible if I stopped now. I'm 59 mm. days today and like, you, you know, you can do it. You just got to get out there and run those first few Ks and just get back into the rhythm of it. Mm. And I guess those thoughts would pop in while you're on a run, wouldn't it? Like physical pain, um, exhaustion to then the voices in your head saying, why am I doing this? Like, how how do you push through? Have you got, like, something like music that you listen to, a hype playlist? What's your favourite running songs? Oh, I rotate through. I sometimes start with nothing so I can think. It's funny. Yeah. It's kind of a similar routine. And then I'll go to some music. But, yeah, in this I'll just, like, put on something R&B or I'll, like, listen oh, to yeah. a, new, a new album. And then I'll probably go to, then I'll go to a podcast. And I'm just – I oh, love that's a good idea. Yeah, I go to podcasts because – you learn someone else's story, you can often take something out of it for yourself, mm. your own situation, and you can absorb. It's like reading a good book. You can Time can just disappear when you're in a podcast. I yeah. Think. And then is there some amazing sites where do you ever stop or you just got to keep going? Like it must be like watching a movie sometimes going past the amazing natural environment that you're running through. What have you seen and, and or what are some crazy weather events that have happened? Have you been stuck in any big storms or heat waves? <laughs> heat waves, definitely. Like it's just constant. You know, Tim, I'm 59 days in today and I had one rainy 10-minute yeah. period and that's it. Like Australia's getting battered wow. by rain and I think I've just been yeah. absolutely blessed by the weather gods. Um, so What would be worse though, running in a storm or running in sort of upwards of high 30s? dry what are you what, what, like, what, like what, what would you like do you go for rain and then you're like okay oh. well, now i'm gonna have chafing and blisters or do you go ah. and you're like i'm gonna be exhausted and like a, a sweaty ball like i, I don't know man <laughs> i was Neither. gonna ask what's your tip for chafing because i do a like a half an hour walk around the park in the morning and i've got chafe i should say that because they say that that means you you know, you put on a little bit of weight when it's not as much free movement down there. Like, what, do you carry around a bottle of talcum powder? Or? Oh, no joke. I, so anywhere, <laughs> anywhere that the material can hit your body, it can cause chafing, yep. right? So oh, I've got nothing worse because when it starts, you need rest. Like, you, you need can't rest? then keep going. Oh, so much Vaseline. I, like, jump into a <laughs> yeah. pool. Like, I'm so slippery. Like, try and cuddle me and I'm going to slide right out. Like, you just just Vaseline. <laughs> Oh, no. So you well and truly want to have a shower and wash all that off when you're finished. Oh, and sunscreen. You know, you're covered in yeah. and bugs, like everything, dust flies into. So, yeah, yeah. I, I come home and um, some advice I got given in the Cape actually was wear really thick sunscreen and um, because it's so dusty up there with the corrugated roads that there's constantly dust. Yeah. But the dust then sticks to your face and causes yeah. almost like a thick barrier. So then the sun oh. can't get you. So you're just like an, ele- it's like an elephant. <laughs> like an elephant in the mud bath, yeah. <laughs> oh, so that's so some cool tips along the way. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah, blisters I think I've got covered. I get them occasionally and I'll just kind of chuck 10 Band-Aids over the top of it. Toe socks, which I've never worn mm. before, they're, they're the gem for, for okay. blisters. Um, for anyone that's thinking of doing a a big run, wear toe socks. Yes. And what, how do you keep yourself occupied when, you, when you're sick of listening to podcasts? Do you have any fun games like I Spy or anything on the way that you play with yourself? <laughs> yeah, I think I do. I, um, I play with the, the splits. I'll try and, like, 
just compete with myself for something to do. Be like, all right, let's do this split, you know, five seconds faster than the last split. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I give myself goals. Like I'm so yeah. goal driven. I'm like, okay, if you run, there's an IGA nine K away. If you get there without stopping, you can have a, a paddle pop. Like you can have oh. a, a banana. You can like, I give myself this little reward based system. Whereas if I get to whichever goal I set myself and they're like trivial, they don't mean anything, but they keep me running in this. Like, yeah. Like, you had your paddle pop. Don't stop until you hit 20 Ks, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, no, that's good because I guess it's it's being competitive but with yourself, pushing yourself, and it's positive reinforcement as well. Like that's, I guess, the, the dopamine hit when you reach a goal, whether it's, I don't know, doing the washing up in the morning. It and, It's yeah. a reward in itself, meaning something that you've set out to do. Yeah, it's absolutely. And I've learned a big lesson. So I used to loop back to camp to grab drinks or to grab, you know, a hydro light or, you know, but I try not to do that anymore because if I loop back to camp at like 34 Ks and I have to go out for another eight, I'm like every, no, no part of me wants to go. So now if I just kind of like just go south and then, um, you know, I get picked up on the way through, my finish line doesn't exist in my mind. So I don't have, I'm not stopping and then having to go back out. I just don't stop till I get to the finish. So I've got all these little techniques to try and almost trick myself into doing it every (laughs) single day. (laughs) I want to talk to you about um, the endurance event space, sort of being dominated by, by men a lot of the time and what it means for you to be a female and, and you're meeting young girls that you're an inspiration to, to sort of who says you can't do it kind of thing and, and something that we've, we've all kind of held up the male athlete in high regard. But it's there's a lot of warrior girls out there achieving amazing physical feats that what does that mean to you to be one of them? Yeah, yeah, it's a really interesting time for that because, I mean, everybody um, – a lot of people have been following, say, Ned Brockman's story. He finishes up in Sydney today. He's got a great following crossing Western Australia through to Sydney. And then there's an amazing an, an, another guy, William, who's also doing the same run for veterans' mental health. And, you know, last week I ran with Sean, who's done um, an amazing charity run from Cairns to Melbourne for Make-A-Wish. Um, and there's just – and Lockie Sparks, who did 200. So there's this amazing portfolio of – of legends out there right now doing great things for the sport. And, you know, as a young, young girl, I used to watch these, these incredible athletes too. And you just subconsciously like, Oh, you know, it's just the guys out there doing that. So I guess, yeah, I mean, being a female out here on the road, I just, it, it, it feels really, I guess, inspiring to be able to do it for the, for the women. And there's so many, I've got so many incredible female athletes that I look up to myself and it's just like, as a little girl, I'd, I'd want to be doing this for all the other, you know, young girls out there aspiring yeah. to do something crazy. Like, you can do it too. You know, you're, you're physically capable of doing it. Look, I'll show you. You know, you're mentally yeah. capable of doing it. There's no difference. It doesn't matter what background you come from, gender, ethnicity, you know, status. You can you can go out there and you just need a pair of shoes and a really headstrong attitude yeah. uh, and you, you'll be able to do it. We're talking about how immense the the feeling of looking at the face of extinction and feeling what can we do? What can just me and my own body do? Just start running. Like it's something very simple in its concept and I love that. It's sort of like 
if you don't have money, just run. Like mm. people get behind that amazing feat. It's inspiring to other people that maybe don't know what they can do or have a lack of hope. There's a lot we can do with just our bodies, isn't there? Absolutely. And and it's not even running. Like running has been my passion all my life. So my, my voice is through my ability to run. But if you mm. are someone who cares about the environment but is an exceptional swimmer or surfer or whatever, it doesn't even have yep. to be physical if you have a platform through amazing content creation or, you know, just use your your passion or your your skill set to then you can have your voice through that. And so, yeah, so long as, you know, everybody can just do one little thing or, you know, mm. share their story through their own platform, then things will change for the better and it's, 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 it's something that I try and hold on to when everything else feels a bit dark and like, I can only do this much, so I'm just going to keep doing it. I love that. And how much of an inspiration that is for everybody else that um, it, it is a big ripple effect that then goes back to the idea that we don't live alone as a species in our environment, that everything's connected. All our journeys, I guess, of, of making a difference in the world is interconnected. And when you put out some amazing dream that you have, like you said, there's people around you that will support that and we'll be your cheer squad and we all kind of come together and for the betterment of our species and our whole environment. It's just, it, isn't it just good energy that you put out and it just explodes into the Absolutely. whole way of life. I love it. And Tim, and Tim, you're doing the exact same thing. I mean, you're an absolute inspiration for a lot of people in the environment, sustainability oh. space. Like, absolutely. I mean, there's people like you that are that are inspiring thousands and thousands of people to think about their choices. So, you know, you're one of those people that's absolutely doing so much good for the world. Oh, thank you. Well, I guess you're using your legs to get the message out. I was like, well, what, have, what am I going to do? Like, I've got a voice, a big mouth. And what if the message I was saying from that big mouth was positive and inspiring as well as a lot of rubbish, I guess, comes out of my big mouth sometimes. But, yeah, I can use my mouth, my voice. And so, yeah, that's what I'm all about. If we're talking about wildlife, what are some of the ways people can get behind? Young people, old people, people of all ages. I mean, let's throw some donations towards your cause and the Wilderness Society. But around the, at the house, the home, the backyard, what are some easy ways that we yeah. can help um, stop this threat of extinction? Yeah, there's a few things you can do. I mean, there's simple things. You can do a little bit of research in your area, wherever you live, and let's say it's the gang gang cockatoo. You can think, okay, well, let's plant a native tree that I know the gang gang cockatoo eats or sleeps in. You know, you, yep. you can do little things. You can grow more native uh, plants to attract more native animals. Um, that's a really simple one that sometimes needs a little bit of awareness and, and, and you know, educate. I, I, I wouldn't know the trees in my area, so I would go to the mm. nursery and have a chat. Um, that's one thing. I mean, something small like um, keeping cats inside at night. I know we all love yeah. um, our, our, our beautiful cats, but, yeah, inside at night because they can, you know, cause a bit of grief in the evenings. Um, there's... You can join local volunteer groups to plant trees or clean up waterways. I mean, the Tangalora mm. Blue Crew stopped me um, up in the Cape. They were heading up to the tip to, to do some volunteer cleaning up beaches. And, you know, there's so many mm. organisations out there doing incredible things. Um, mm. Yeah, you can you can do little things for the environment. Be, be a bit smarter with 
the energy choices you make yeah. or buying less plastic or yeah. lots of little things. And if we all do small little steps, we'll, um, we'll all go the right way. That's for sure. Yeah. And like we were chatting about just getting outside and being a part of nature, let's start Absolutely. disconnecting from this virtual world that has just become the world that we live in now. And just get out there and be present, I guess, in it and interact in a really positive way that is enriching. And there's nothing better than a day outside and and then at the end of the day thinking, what time is it? Or, mm-hmm. oh, I haven't checked my phone all day. Like it's, it actually is living. It's what we used to always all do. And it's something so simple, but I think getting out there, taking your shoes off, going for a run or jumping in the ocean or just looking up and at that that noise that you hear and where's that come from? What is that animal? It's, Absolutely. It's a really different way of living now for a lot of people, isn't it? <laughs> it's really special and I'm, I'm saying that exactly right. I mean, to live, we only need some small fundamental things, right? In essence, as human mm. beings, we need shelter, water, food, and community. And you can get all those out yep. there and if you go back to those four basics, uh, going for a hike, to a hidden spot that I'm sure you're not going to share with a friend. (laughs) And, um, you know, just getting back to those four fundamentals, when you leave them, you've got a massive appreciation for the roof over your head and, you know, so it's all about, yeah, just just embracing that outdoors and and getting a little bit sweaty and, and, you know, covered in dirt and just, yeah, getting back to basics. Yeah, love it. Oh, very inspirational, this uh, world record attempt of the most amount of marathons consecutively. That is a big goal, big dream. What are you going to do when you achieve it the next day where you don't have to do any more big marathons for a little while? Are you going to put your feet up? I don't know, go to a foot spa? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have a drink, some sort of like yeah. big cocktail, I think, in my future. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I'm just going to chill right out. I'm going to have a large amount of time of <laughs> exercise. I'm going to probably like... <laughs> Yeah, go somewhere where I can literally just chill out for a little while and, and decompress. But you know what? I'm having so much fun out here. I'm like a bit nervous at the finish line. Yeah, it's just, it's been such a good experience. I love it. Okay, well, if anyone listening is as inspired as I am, how can people get in touch and um, donate some funds towards this needy cause? Yeah, so everything's live and updated through Instagram. That's my number one platform. Just it's a great way to share daily. So the link to the GoFundMe page is there. So it's just all tip to toe 2022. Uh, if you want some more information on the cause and 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 where the funds are going and what we're raising money for and the extinction crisis, that's all on the website. So that's tip to toe 2022. Uh, it's all a bit of fun. It's a wild adventure uh i don't know what's gonna happen it's all it's all unplanned and very rogue but fingers crossed we can break that world record well akana you've just been such a joy to chat to and i think everyone's going to be reminded a little bit of how much it is such a joy and a blessing that we live in one of the most beautiful countries in the world with such amazing animals that are worldwide renowned and yet they're under threat and that we need to kind of wake up and remember what it used to be like to to sort of live amongst that and, and not live virtually on our phones every day like we do now. 
Absolutely. Yep. And just start by going for a walk around the park. Simple as that. (laughs) Just watch out for those magpies. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This is The Big Mouth with Tim Dormer. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on an episode and leave a comment. Give me a star rating. It all helps get The Big Mouth out there. You can follow me on socials at Tim Dormer and join The Big Mouth conversation. Hashtag The Big Mouth. 